Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 287, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. Cedric Golden here with the Duck, Kirk Bowles. And Duck, we got Longhorn Royalty joining us. Super Bowl 57 is upon us. The Kansas City Chiefs play the Philadelphia Eagles. And we have the all-time leading tackler in Chiefs history. Soon to be, you haven't, he hasn't been named to the Chiefs Hall of Honor yet, but that's coming. And he's going to get his number retired at DKR. Get on your J-O-B, Chris Del Conte. Derek Johnson joins us. What's up, DJ? How you doing, man? I, I appreciate the introduction. I, I guess that reminds me how, how old I am. <laughs> you're not old on this call. You're not old on this call. If you're old, we're ancient. I'll tell you what, DJ. I'm I'm the same age as a Super Bowl. I'll tell everybody that. So that's how I know which number it is. Because if I if I can remember my age, I know what Super Bowl's coming up. So, yeah. That's all. And you have difficulty remembering your age sometimes. Have difficulty remembering what? Your age, your name, you know. Oh, where you oh, are. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, DJ, how pumped are you about the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl? Uh, man, I'm so pumped, and it's crazy. I'm I'm not even surprised. You know, it's uh, it seems to be. You know, that's where the Chiefs belong for the last <laughs> you know, few years. Um, uh, five straight AFC. Um, championship appearances and uh, in in Arrowhead, that's that's pretty that's pretty freaking awesome. Of course, uh, much of that uh, comes from uh, Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. Obviously, those two kind of making it all work. And uh, if you get some pieces around them, you know some good pieces like they do with Chris Jones, and you got other other players around them, you, you got a pretty good team, pretty good culture. Yeah. 13 seasons with the Chiefs, and um, you leave and go to the Raiders, and then all of a sudden they start playing in Super Bowls. That just I'm, hey, I'm hey. not happy about that, DJ. I, I'm just <laughs> going to put it out there. I'm not happy. I'm happy for Pat because I know his family and I know the kid, but you you were the cornerstone. after And after the great Derek Thomas left, you became the cornerstone uh, linebacker for the Chiefs, uh, four Pro Bowls, first-team All-Pro in 2011, and uh, just uh, represented that organization with class and dignity. Um, was it bittersweet to see them playing in all those Super Bowls uh, just a couple of years after you left? Well, well I, I guess you can say that's the honest answer to say it's bittersweet, but there's 
there's there's there's more more sweet than anything just because I know those players over there. I know Travis Kelsey. I know those guys. I know Pat Mahomes. I, he was a rookie my last year with uh, Kansas City, um, and being with five years with with Andy Reid. I, I I'm I'm in. I I know his intentions. I know him as a person, as a family man, and as a coach. And I'm I'm proud of it. You know, it's like, you know, if you if somebody's going to go to the Super Bowl, I, I want my guys to, right? Uh, so, sure. and this is a game, so I know uh, playing for 14 years, a lot of things have to go right for you to make it to the Super Bowl. You know, sure. I've been going right consistently for Kansas City. They've been there a lot um, for the last, you know, this is the third time in five years. But um, but I'm kind of that 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 guy that you know sets you up for success. I would say just because I mean I left here in 2004, and uh, we we. we <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? You know? Oh my God! Is your middle name Moses? I thought your middle name was O'Hara. <laughs> yeah, Moses got the Israelites. Oh to my land, but he couldn't cross over. That's terrible. Well, to be. But, that- do you feel snake bit in any way? <laughs> no, not really. It's just you know uh, uh, that's always been the ultimate goal. That's probably one thing that that not that I regret, but that's something that I say, man, that's what I wanted. You know, a national championship in college and a um, and, and a Super Bowl in, in in NFL. And and even though I fell short of those of those goals, I, I did a lot. You know, I can't I can't I can't be. <laughs> I got to be thankful for. Um, for how favorite I was on the field and off the field. And you helped establish those cultures at those teams. Oh, yeah. Texas Longhorns aren't, aren't, aren't winning that Rose Bowl without you. They're not, they're not winning a championship without the leadership you gave them uh, in 03 and 04. So, I mean, you, so you get a little piece of that, even though. Yeah, they were at the Rose Bowl, said they're beating Michigan the year before. I mean, remember Vince, we'll be back. I wasn't part of that now. Don't put me out of that one. Oh, That's what uh, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You were at the same place where they went, went in a year later. So right. that's just a mess. You, you mentioned you were there when uh, Pat Mahomes was just a rookie. Mm-hmm. Does anybody see the star quality in this guy? He's probably already a Hall of Famer, and Andy Reid had to move up to get him. But what do you remember about him as a rookie, DJ? Oh man, uh, just electrifying. Um, um, just, just the the pedigree of Texas Tech quarterbacks has been like, hey, you know, they throw for a lot of yards, but it's not going to work in the NFL. It's just how it is. Uh, right. And I, everybody else knows that. But when they the Chiefs moved up uh, and the GM uh, Brett Veach and those guys moved up to get them, thinking, I'm like, okay, I know, like these guys. <laughs> Ooh, I will take him in, but you move up to get him. Like you could have got Sean Watson. It's a couple guys that you could have got. And I'm like, man, this, this this guy must have it. And I tell you what, he had everything and some in practice. This mm. is this is probably because um, we go against the scout team all the time, and you know the second string quarterback goes you know goes against us all the time, and we know right. the play that they're practicing them. But I, I tell you what. I probably got we got fussed at as a defense the most that year because of um, um, Pat extending plays, throwing no look passes. I really thought thought he was playing around. I'm like, man, stop! Like I kind of was kind of like getting on. I'm like, hey, man, stop doing that. Like that's <laughs> that's him. Does. Yeah, that's him. I didn't know that. And yeah. 
now I don't feel bad by uh, in practice him zipping balls by my head. I'm like, goodness gracious! And, and I mean, <laughs> it, it, it was it was a it was cool sight to see. And for uh, for Andy Reid and Alex Smith was a big part of his 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 upbringing when it came to um, Pat being a, a first year player, a rookie. And uh, Alex Smith poured a lot into him. And uh, uh, Andy Andy Reid is there to put. I wouldn't say put Pat in a box, but put him in a big box, right? A big box. So, uh, cause he knows he can do certain things. Cause you, you have to sell him down. Cause he, sometimes he thinks he can make every throw, which he can. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to, you know, organize it for him and just, just, just kind of level and balance him a little bit. And I mean, this is what you get a half a billion dollar guy. You know what um, I've read over the years, Alex Smith had a great, great year. Your last season there, he was an MVP candidate, and Andy said he had to, he had to stop himself. He had to fight the urge to pull an MVP candidate because of what he was seeing from that kid in practice. Uh, Mahomes was so much better than Alex Smith, who was a top five quarterback that year. What an embarrassment of riches that was! Did you you? I guess you saw that from the jump. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it's kind of a good problem to have, you know. It's a good problem to have. Uh, but the, I saw it from the jump. Everybody, I mean, even the last game of the season when we played against Denver Broncos, um, 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 we didn't play because we were in the playoffs, so we didn't need to play a starter. So all the second stringers, they were playing and Pat get a chance to start. So we're, I mean, we're grown men on the sideline. We got our popcorn ready. We're in our pads. We got hot dogs. We're like, man, yeah, we're. We're, we're, we're all on the side. Everybody's up. Because usually when you have a game like that, everybody sits down. Like, it's a relax. Like, this game doesn't matter. But we knew about what Pat Mahomes had because we saw it all the practice. So it was like, hey, watch this guy. Watch this. We eating our popcorn looking. I mean, he he just – he 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 lit it up. I mean, through just about 300 yards and just – he's just – just an amazing talent. Just when you when you talk about, um, you know, you have to throw like this with the front foot up and the shoulder here, and, and then you got to look. No, he's like, no, I'm looking over here, throwing over here. I'm running this way, throwing across my body, and it's like you you don't coach it, but you're like, okay, you're good. Yeah, keep keep doing keep doing what you're doing. Was he cocky as a rookie? He wasn't. He, that's he wasn't. the thing about him. When you see him out there playing, you're like. Why is he throwing a no-look pass in the middle of an NFL football game? But <laughs> that's just him being fun. That's just him saying, I, I can do it. Like, this is what this is my ability. And when you talk to him, I mean, he's really more humble than you think. Like, you'll be like, he's not talking to a two-time MVP because he'll, he'll win it this year. He, he's not talking. It's just it's it's kind of cool to see a guy that has that much demeanor and, and poise and, and humbleness and, and to have all this success. I mean, I mean, he hadn't, this is his sixth year, maybe uh six year. And he's, I mean, he can retire after this year and be, and be a hall yeah. of fame. That's, oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy. Well, here's the thing. We've got, we've got Texans on this show. That mm-hmm. Texans starting at quarterback, two black quarterbacks starting in an NFL championship, a Super Bowl for the first time ever. DJ, you played with the arguably the best college quarterback of all time in Vince Young. Um, 
it's it's not being overlooked, but how big is it um, knowing? And Vince Young is probably, I want to say, probably highest drafted um, uh, quarterback in the last 15 or 20 years. Has, has there was a black quarterback? Yeah, and so it was how much did VY have to do, you think, with what's going on right now? Because these guys – or VY before uh, VY was VY before these guys, but these guys have some VY in them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, when you talk a historic, you talk about black quarterbacks um, that didn't come about till what nineties, maybe. I mean, uh, late nineties. I mean, it's or, or I should say mid nineties. But they, they had the stigma of oh, they're just athletes. You know, black quarterbacks that they run a lot, can't really throw. That's always been the stigma. But uh, the game has evolved and. Black quarterbacks have come a long way when it comes to just being more of a complete quarterback and and being able to to be coached that way and be able to not, not move positions because a lot of there's a lot of stories out there that that are oh, yeah. un, that are untold about uh, black quarterbacks started out that way and they was just like hey you're very athletic we need you at another position like we have a we have somebody throw the ball you can run so you got to go to another position but now it's like hey uh, um, for the if you're going to be a um, quarterback it, it just adds the flavor and adds um value to you if you can run and pass and just like we're seeing in the super bowl for the first time um seeing two black quarterbacks that are playing at freaking high level, they're going to be that way for a while in this NFL. I mean, you can add Lamar Jackson to that, to you know, to to that pool or whatever. But you, you got the Russell Wilson, and you got all these guys that have come before and kind of set the stage. But, yes, mm-hmm. B.Y. is a guy that I'm sure Jalen and Pat Mahomes are, like, in awe of, like, oh, B.Y. You know, <laughs> I'm sure they stories of, like, oh, Vince Young, the way he played the game. So uh, this is – it's pretty cool to see. It's pretty cool to see. And I don't want, I don't want to uh, forget uh, Robert Griffin III, also, also an OG, also one of those guys that was doing those things, just happened to be with the wrong franchise. The uh, Washington ruined him by playing him with that knee brace and, and that, <laughs> that playoff game. He shouldn't have been in there. It really did. Think about that. It really did. It's 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 it. it you know, time is everything. You know, uh, even if you're if you're a really good player, um, um, a lot of things have to go right for things to happen. It's just it's. I, I wish it was like. I mean, it's, there's a long line of quarterbacks, a long line of certain players that 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 things didn't pan out the way they wanted to because of the time and you know, maybe the organization, maybe the situation, or maybe it was them or whatever. But it, it's it's one of those things where. Um, um, RG three is a is a guy that came after me, but you, you talk about Baylor, he could run for president. I mean, it, I mean, governor. I mean, he's he's he, you talk about a solid guy. Uh, especially I'm from Wake, so uh, seeing him do what he did in Baylor, that was awesome. What about Andy Reid? Andy Reid, widely respected in this league for a long time. Finally got over the hump. You know, couldn't get it done in Philly, but you know, comes to Kansas City, gets a ring. Uh, just very universally respected. You got any good stories on Andy Reid that maybe we don't know? He, he he does that funny mustache commercial, you know, for insurance and t- yeah. T- talk a little bit about Andy Reid for us, man. A- Andy, when I saw that commercial, I was so <laughs> I was so uh, I was laughing, laughing. I mean, hard because if you know Andy, and that's not Andy, you know, Andy, Andy <laughs> really he's not loud. He's a guy that's just just 
just chilling. He's a uh, he's an old school ball coach at the end of the day. But uh, Andy's a guy that really harps on the little things. And if you can, if he, he I'm talking about, you know, we have uniforms to to go out and practice. And hey, everybody have the same socks on. Everybody has this. Just just little stuff. Be on time yeah. for me, or just little things like that. He's big on saying, hey, if guys can handle the little things, the mm-hmm. big thing uh, will be uh, come available to them at the end of the day. And uh, uh, Andy, obviously, the, the best coach I've had when I was there since, you know, I've been there for 13 years. I was five of those years was with Andy. And I tell you what, man, I love Andy to death. You're talking about an offensive guru. You're talking about a, a guy that in, in 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 training camp, I hated to go against him because he would he 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 knew that we had speed. He knew we had really good players. So he would draw up some stuff that make me slow down. And I'm like, oh <laughs> let me play. <laughs> yeah. Let me lose. He's not preparing too, and he's preparing, and now he's got two weeks to Get ready for the Eagles. So he's his record off of two week uh, prepare, uh, preparation, like you know, all after a bye is crazy. I mean, it's I'm thinking he only lost one or two games this whole. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah I mean, really good. So he's gonna he's gonna have the players ready. Of course, this is gonna be a game where, I, you know, obviously, I'm picking Kansas City, but uh, this is gonna be an interesting game. I just don't I don't know what to. Some games I can tell you what I yeah. think is gonna happen. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because I don't know much about Eagles as much. I know they're a really good team. I know their defensive line is freaking crazy. Um, um, their quarterback is, I mean, solid play across the line. They can run the ball. They got young receivers. So, I mean, they, they, they you know, they, they, they have it to win. So, I don't – I just don't know. I don't know how this game's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you told me you're not going to the game. Where are you, you going to watch it? I'm definitely watching at the house with my kids, and uh, there's a couple couple uh, get-togethers. Uh, I think Fizey Whitaker, and, um, uh, a couple people from Iraq, but some people having some some get-togethers. But I don't know. I don't know when 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 I'm watching the Chiefs. I, I don't want any noise. I just want. I just, I just <laughs> want to watch. Great. Yeah. You want to focus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it's like if you break it down. I mean. On paper, it seemed like the Eagles are better. They probably have the better offensive line, better cornerback, better up. wide receivers, got a really good running game, great pass rush, Hassan Reddick. And, but, you know, Sid and I talk about all the time we have to pick games for the paper. We always go, man, if you can't decide, usually we – what do we say, Sid? Take the team with the best quarterback. Take the team man. with the best quarterback. And like you said, DJ, he's a Hall of Famer already. Uh, Jalen Hurts has surprised me. I didn't think he'd be this good this fast, but I don't think he's a top five quarterback in the league yet. Do y'all? Yeah, no, 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 he's not. He's not. Now, his team is really good. His team is yeah. really good. When you have a, a, a young, talented quarterback and your team and you have good surrounding culture around you, you can move. You can move with a purpose, and they have. So I don't want to, you know, lay that oh, off yeah. to them. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to catch shade on him either, but Mahomes is just he's just a difference maker. And and I just wonder as far as dynasties go, you guys. I mean, we've seen it with Pittsburgh and San Francisco and Dallas and New England. And does does Kansas City need another, you know, get that ring to get in that dynasty realm? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and they can. That's that's the that's the thing about it. Like if anybody can do it, Kansas City is at the top of the food chain when it comes right. to the and, uh, um, you know, it's just going and dynasty really means, you know, that two or three in a row type of deal, uh, uh-huh. which is hard to do. Right. Uh, but um, uh, for anybody. But just like y'all said, this game is going to be kind of like, hey, who do you want to take? Because uh, it can go either way. I know that person. <laughs> Um, the best, the best quarterback in the NFL is Pat, and and I'm just telling you, it's some things where you say, man, this defense line, you know, they got double digit stats, all of them, and this, and then you get out there, you're like, oh, they haven't touched, they haven't touched Pat because Pat's, you know, <laughs> just being himself, and it's just yeah. seeing him make really good people, you know, really good teams don't look too good, so I don't know. And I didn't think I didn't think they beat the Bengals. I, I thought because I'm a high ankle sprain. You don't get over that in five, in six days. And uh-huh. and you know what? It, it, he just stayed in the pocket and 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 picked him apart. And then when he had to run at the end, he ran. And um, Joseph Osai, a, mm. a great young man, a Texas ex, him out of bounds. Um, did you feel that hurt for Joseph? Because I know you're you're a you know you're an emotional guy. You played the position, and to see the kid and who I know you know him to see that yeah. kid crying on the bench. I mean that, yeah. that hit me in the heartstrings, man. Yeah, that was that was bittersweet for me for sure. That was a bittersweet moment. That was like, oh man, the Chiefs are going back, and then it's hold on. Oh, that was Joseph Osai that <laughs> that hit him. You know, when I'm watching it, I'm like, golly, now. You talk about a guy that freaking lives and sleeps football. You talk about a guy that has good character. You talk about a guy that that you want on your ball club. Anybody in the NFL would would grab Joseph. Oh Sorry. yeah, just because just the the way he moves and just just his energy that he brings to the game. And he's a young, athletic. He can get after the quarterbacks behind all the time. He had a Really good game. He has like a He's bunch the best of player on that defense that day. He was he did it. That's what I'm saying. So to see him on the sideline, that tells you a lot about his character. He 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 loves this game a lot. And for him to break down like he did, it was it was like man, I felt it. Like even we had to even chat. Uh, even we were uh, it was um, we had, we're in a, like a group chat with um, 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 Fozzy, with uh, uh, Radpo, with Griffin. It's a bunch of Jamal Charles, a bunch of a bunch of NFL guys from Longhorns, and we were like, dang, like that. That we felt bad at that moment because one of our Longhorns, uh, regardless of the outcome, was like man, like mm-hmm. we were. We've been in that situation, so we know what it feels like to be on the good side of it and the bad side of it, and the bad side because him being a young player chasing after quarterback, trying to make a play for his team, right? Had a great day that get that day, and he's going. He's like, I'm going to get him. You know, I'm I'm helping my team. I can't yeah. let him get two more yards. I can't do it. And then situation wise, now that he knows, it's a hard lesson to learn. You know, every yeah. every yeah. every situation. Situation is a is a lesson learned. Now he knows. Do the same thing you do, did. Run him out of bounds. Don't touch him. Don't ever. Don't even. It's just can't it's do so it. Hard. It's so hard to be a defender now. You don't ever know when they're going to deke you and oh, I'm going to duck in and get five more yards. And because right. he wasn't going to make that field goal from where he was, you know, no. just there wasn't. It was. 
And it was just so sad to see. Doug, Doug they, I read that Mahomes was clocked at 18 miles an hour on one on one leg. That's <laughs> scramble. He does what it takes. And that fan base, I was up in Kansas uh, all weekend. I was watching Texas basketball against Kansas State in Kansas. And everywhere you go, people are wearing red on the plane, the airports. You go to Joe's. You go. You eat Joe's barbecue, don't you, DJ? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got the great sweet ribs there. Those are awesome. But I, if, if you just describe the fan base a little bit, it seems to me – you know, middle of the country. It's not New York. It's not L.A. It reminds me a little bit of St. Louis Cardinal baseball, how they just love and worship that baseball team. And it just seems like Chiefs fans are kind of the same way. They do. It's an old school uh, uh, football town. Uh, they bleed red. I mean, um, yeah. anything about the Midwest, when I went down there in 2005, I'm like, oh, holy. No. <laughs> they like their football. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cool. I mean, they literally, literally have the loudest stadium. Like, it's 142 decimal. Like, it, it's, it's it's the loudest stadium. It's yeah. factual stadium in the, in the whole NFL. So, that tells you right there that um, just, the, just the amount of passion that the fans have there. And it, it is awesome. Um, I, I just I'm just having flashbacks of now all those years, 13 straight years driving to the stadium. You know, you got eight home games every year. And I tell you what, I'm driving into the stadium and they, they already know my car. And, you know, they know what kind of car I drive. So they're and they're already uh, um, smoking brisket and just cooking. I mean, I mean, the the. The, um, the area is packed. I mean, the parking lot is freaking packed. Oh, yeah. Two hours before. And it, it just it's puts you in the mind of old school football. And and the town is great. The, the community is great. They you know, I shook some hands and talked, had some combos with people that's had um, um, they've had um, season tickets longer than I've been alive. So that's it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Kind of about the Packers a little bit. I kind of get that big yes. small town feel. You know, yeah. and that that's what they live for. It's just yeah. amazing. So anyway, hey, uh said you got anything else on the Super Bowl or uh, uh no, that I think we've we've talked that to death. I do want to ask him. He's at he's at Moncrief Newhouse. Right. Uh, and uh giving up his time that you appreciate it. Uh, you're an ambassador for Longhorn football and you're still very involved in the program almost it's next um in two seasons will be twenty years since you played your last wow. game. Wow. And um, you're on the hype video, just like Michael Irvin is for the Cowboys. You're, you're the, you're the Longhorns <laughs> Michael Irvin, the alumni hype man. Uh, how important is that to you to stay connected to the program? Because um, we've covered a lot of guys, and some guys just disappear. But we see you, we see Fozzie, we see Griff, uh, we see Jamal. How important is that to you to stay connected? Oh man, it's, it, it means it, it means the world to me. Uh, I, I'm a Longhorn for life, you know. I bleed, bro. I said I bleed. I bleed red since I'm, you know, since I play for the Chiefs. I bleed burn orange first, <laughs> so that that's that <laughs> would never go away. And and I have a lot of pride and take a lot of uh, um, pleasure in giving, especially to the younger generation when they're they're here and they're they're they, they they're here with open arms. They're humble guys and to be able to to talk and for them to receive and, and want knowledge that I have because where I've been, they 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 they, they want to go. They dreamed of going. So for me to get the give back and actually not only just 
you know, uh, come in and say a speech and, and, and be gone, but be able to be around in the community and they see how I move on and off the field is a uh, is, is a testament to, you know, to, to what I'm all about. And and I'm passionate about uh, I'm a Longhorn, obviously, but I'm passionate about the sport of football, like the X and O's, like, uh, you know, I'm not a coach, but an extension of a coach because, uh, you know, I got six kids, so I can't I can't I can't do any. <laughs> but uh, I do stay close to the game. I'm, I'm real. Um, I, I look at the game different in a different lens. I mean, if y'all were to watch a football game with me. I would y'all y'all would get y'all may not get tired of it, but my wife gets tired of me stopping it and you know <laughs> looking at love yeah, it. Work. Uh I love the boring part of of being a football player and getting better. So uh that's why I come up and and, and help out at times and give give talks and and, and guys like Jalen and, and and seeing his progression and mm-hmm. seeing what he last year here being a longhorn this is this is it's pretty cool i love it I, I mean i live in austin so if i'm not you know if i'm not giving back to the to the longhorns of and being relevant and seeing them then i'm and i'm i'm doing the wrong thing well uh, you and you and tommy Noble was kind of the gold standard for linebackers you know i know you don't want to be a full-time coach you got a lot of other things in your life not to mention being a dad to six kids i but, would though i would but yeah but you need to come back and just teach them how to poke the ball out, strip the ball. There's never – I've only been watching UT football 50 years, but there's never been anybody better and before or since. So I just give anything if you could teach, you know, A. Hill, J. Ford how to do that. You know what? I, I am. I do know – I knew know how to do it. I, I do know how to how to teach it. And you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to start that clinic up. I'm going to say, hey, third time <laughs> it up <laughs> I love it I love it it's it, being a being a defender um to be to be a, a, a more of an impact player to to uh, create turnovers that helps your team win games at the end of being able to secure the tackle and punch it out is, yep. is a big deal yeah, and, and but again there, there's some physicality to it you know obviously you have to be conscious and thinking about it and you have to practice it all the time but but you have to be able to freaking run sideline to sideline because you really got to track this guy down, secure the tackle, and then punch it out, which now sometimes I look at the film that when I when I, I guess I broke a record, nine or ten of them here in one season, and I'm like, that was – I'm like, I'm kind of patting myself on the back. That was pretty good. How did you learn that? Did somebody teach you that? That skill, DJ, where oh, did it come from? Um, my, my phone that went off. Uh, you know what? I I practice it in in um, Greg, Greg Robertson actually was um was uh, the coach here when mm-hmm. my last and in he just domain. yeah he just kept saying hey we need to um, just be able to um, um, to take the next step what's going to set you apart and I was thinking man you know I make a lot of tackles you know do make interceptions I was you yeah. know pretty good at that and I'm like. And I just – I've never really stripped the ball out. So I just kept – you know, in order to be good at something, you got to practice it and make it a habit. And mm-hmm. practice just stripping the ball out, boom, and it was coming out. So that builds that confidence. Like, you know what? Let's, yeah. 
let's do that. Let's let's take it to the next level. And I was in the game, and I was freaking – I went crazy with it. I'm just, boom, boom. <laughs> I wonder how many you had in your career. Like every game you would seem like you would have a lot. There were, there were a lot. There were a lot. Who knows? No, there really were. Hey, um – before we get out of here, I want to ask you about the Defend the Dream Foundation. Um, you, you were kicking the crap out of uh, illiteracy in the city of Austin, in your hometown of Waco, in Kansas City, other cities. Um, rebuilding, uh, donating the local libraries of at-risk schools and um, uh, giving books. Uh, Mama was a teacher. Uh, what's up next for the Defend the Dream Foundation, as of which, Duck, I am? a member of the foundation. Uh, just going to throw that out there. So uh, give money to defend the dream. What's up next, DJ? Well, right now um, um, we have a, so let me tell you a little bit about defend the dream. It's, it caters to inner city kids through education. So uh, what what it is that we do library makeovers. So um, in, in title one elementary schools, um, we take, now these are schools that really need their library revamped and enhanced and, what we do is we go in there. I mean, we paint the place up, fat heads. I mean, you know, we, we're catering the kids, so you, you make it, you make it really nice. Got to put a little there, you know, just to just to put that in there. But um, being able to to get bookshelves, be able to get um, uh, functional furniture for the kids, and not only that, the other half is getting age appropriate books that really help the kids reading levels so that so they can help them to have the proper resources so they can, you know, reach their, their potential. And it's through education. Education is their way out. And I really believe that my mom's a teacher for over 40 years. So, so being able to, to be an inner city kid and being able to grow up with a school teacher, education is the key. Like you can't miss it. And reading is the foundation of all that. And, and, and being able to, my next, um, um, I went to Oak Springs already. Um, we, we did a, a DJ's discovery we did in there. So we revamped their whole um, library. That's the hardest. That was fun. Yep. We're going to Langford in about a month or so. We're going to Langford Elementary. We're, we're um, revamping there. So these are forty, fifty thousand dollars projects, and this is like my eighteenth or nineteenth one. This is, this is pretty cool that I'm able to do this, and uh, this is my passion. I mean, I. I don't play football anymore. Uh, it's one thing to play football and to have a foundation, but when you retire, you really know that I'm passionate about it, and it works. I mean, it's 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 literally trying to get these um, inner city kids' read reading levels up before they leave, before they leave elementary school, and that really uh, helps them succeed in life. So. I'm all in, man. I'm all in. And Austin is a, is a is a place where my home is here now. And I'm doing most of my work here in Austin. That's awesome, man. We just love your passion. And if people want to contribute or get involved, uh, where do they go to, DJ? Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, it's your passion. It's giving back uh, to inner city kids through education, through literacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, please go to Derek Johnson Foundation. DerekJohnsonFoundation.org and please donate and help because uh, uh, it's all going there. Like it's all about the kids. If you have a passion for inner city kids through education, please help. I'm going to donate today. It's all today. um, Yeah, they need help. And uh, Derek Johnson's on the front lines with his life partner. We can't forget Ms. Brittany Johnson. 
right there beside him, uh, get, making it happen. You get brownie points now. She now I'm gonna get in trouble because I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep you married. That's that's my goal right there. I'm 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 working on 23 years, and I want you to be there. Um, while, while when when I'm in uh, a rest home somewhere, so yeah, I'm trying to keep you right. So, DJ, we appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. Chiefs Eagles this weekend. I know you're pulling for. Uh, we will chop it up with you. Uh, hopefully later on this year. Stay well, my friend. Thank you. Take it easy. Let us know when that punch out seminar is. Okay, we want want to be the part. <laughs> uh, go Chiefs. Go right. Chiefs. Thanks, DJ. On second thought. Doug Derek Johnson, always great to have him, friend of the podcast. Man, it's just really cool to know that people out there are doing good things, even if they don't have to, because he could be somewhere playing golf. Yeah, he really could, and his passion just comes through. Uh, hey, I was so fired up. I just donated $500 to his uh foundation did you really yeah well he's just doing such good work he's libraries and helping fight illiteracy and you know to say it again what what was it derek johnson foundation dot org and it's easy as pie you know so i just for him to you know be doing 18 19 library makeovers and 40 fifty thousand dollar pop it it's just refreshing and it's inspiring. And, and it's uh, real. It's real. It's uh, from his heart. He's, he's not doing it for attention. Oh. Uh, he's doing it because he just cares. He and, cares. Um, I care about people who care. And um, we are very blessed to call him a friend and a colleague. And, and um, yeah, he's a good person. And uh, he's. Um, it was a funny uh, story before we get to UT basketball real quick, Doug. Uh, when I did the, I did a column on his foundation and him, and I talked to Derek for about 20 minutes. Um, you know, that's a basic golden interview. It's about you know, a third of the time of, of a Bowles interview. Uh, and he gave me his mom's number, Miss Beverly Johnson. And um, I talked to her for 90 minutes. And, uh, <laughs> I told him that he was like, he was like, what were y'all talking about? I go, you? I go, I go, you always go to mama because mama has the stories. Yeah, absolutely. Mama has the stories. So, yeah, so yeah. that that was just such a pleasure to talk to her and um, just just a wonderful family, and he's doing great stuff. Um, Doug, you mentioned to him that you were in Kansas for a couple of games, and like we expected, the Longhorns went one and one on that trip. I predicted they would beat K-State and then lose to the Jayhawks, and that's what's ha- what happened. But they could have swept that thing, Doc. What was going on with that slow start? They couldn't get out of their own way, and they gave up way too many layups. Well, let's talk about a couple of issues. They get off to slow starts, and, you know, they they came back uh, 14 down to beat Kansas State, and that was their third, count them, three double-digit deficits they've overcome just in the Big 12 alone. They did it against TCU. Texas Tech and on the road against K State, you do that against Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse. It's going to be a little trickier to come back, and they they looked rattled. They lost their poise for a minute. They get it back, but that's an intimidating place to play. But and and they tied it up at forty three all. Texas never led in that game, but 
their defense was atrocious, atrocious. I can't, I can remember what my high school coach Jimmy Purrier would have said if we'd have given up 36 layups and four dunks, 50 points in the paint. 50 of the 88 were like layups or dunks. I just were snowboarding, uh, wide open turnovers turning into layups, dribble drives. It was just, and that was, it was, I don't have much beef with Rodney Terry. I think he's done a remarkable job. I guess, what is he now? 12 and four, I think maybe Mm -hmm. done a terrific job under really difficult circumstances. But Nick Moyle from the San Antonio Express and I were the only two. Uh, Texas writers up there. And we were just disappointed he didn't crack on his team a little bit, you know, with some tough love. I hate to think what Chris Beard would have said, you know, giving up. I know what Beard would have oh. said. But, and that's the difference, Doug. That's the difference. I, um, Chris Beard's no longer the head coach. So I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to crawl into that rabbit hole. But they'd be better defensively if he were the coach. There's no question. Uh, they're they're like 35th nationally in defensive efficiency. And you know, I saw a stat like the last, I don't know, 20, 30 national championships, all but one were top 20 defense. And and even Rodney has told us time and time again, said you're gonna win the Big 12 with the defense with making stops. And they didn't come close to that at Kansas and still only lost by eight. That shows you what their offense is like. You remember that Dylan Mitchell sequence where he pulls down a rebound, but he swats it away instead of yeah. just grabbing it at his size. You know, I mean, you're just grabbing it right in your hands. Instead, the play stays alive. Grady Dick hits a three. Then Christian it's like Robert Ory against the Sacramento. Yeah, exactly. And Christian. Bishop gets the ball stolen. They get another dunk. And right then, and that was the game. It was just they kind of got up by, I don't know, eight or nine and just that was text. It. You knew it was over then. You knew it yeah, was so over. I was just, you know, like I said, I got nothing but but big props for Rodney Terry and the entire staff. But I don't know. I was just shocked their defense was that poor. They're eight and three now, Duck, in conference. Yeah. Uh, they're leading the Big 12. Iowa State seven and three, KU seven and four, K State seven and four, Baylor U six and four. The Horns get uh, Huggy Bear. West Virginia's coming in eleven a.m. Mm-hmm. on Saturday at the Mood. Um, never an easy game against Huggy Bear. Well, not a great West Virginia team this season, but pretty capable. There aren't bad teams in the Big Twelve, so they can't get caught slipping oh. this weekend. Uh, they got they're they're seven of the ten teams within two games of first place. That's seven nuts. out that of ten. That's just crazy. And and uh you know, Texas still never lost two in a row this year. You gotta no. give them credit for that. Big props. I mean, Kansas has lost three in a row, Bader's lost three in a row, Texas never lost two in a row. So uh and they're what are they, thirteen one at home, I think they lost to mm-hmm. Kansas State and another bad defensive performance. So worst of the year. These yep. next three games are crucial if they want to win the league, and they haven't won the league since 2008. So it's been a minute. But like you said, they got West Virginia home Saturday. Go to Lubbock on uh, Big fun. Monday. That'll be and, fun. And then Oklahoma at home. And these are three games they need to win because after those three, listen to this: they got Iowa State at home at Baylor, at TCU, home against Kansas. And, you know, you hope to, you know, 
split those four if you can. So, but I mean, it looked like maybe a five loss team could win the Big Twelve championship. That's that's how it's looking, and and it's looking like eight or nine of these teams going to get in. Though. Well, I don't know about nine, but uh, maybe eight. You know, uh, not sure about West Virginia, or Texas Tech, but West Virginia, Texas, if Texas Tech's not getting in. West wow. Virginia wins Saturday. A huggy yeah. bear might be in play because of the Big Twelve. I mean, you look at bracketology on ESPN, and Texas was down as a two seed uh, before that Kansas game. So you win the Big Twelve. To me, you've got to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament to, to win this league. Yeah. It's a minefield. Yeah, it's a minefield. Every game is tough. You know, I mean, after the game, Bill Self was telling us that. Yeah, we came into this game. We are six and four, which is our worst record in the league in 20 years. Bill Sell's been there 20 years. Six and four, we are the worst, and we're number nine in the country. That tells you what you need to know. He's got that perspective. It's just a beehive. It's just a beehive, and and they're fun to watch, and it was fun. Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen, uh, we talked to him them in the hallway afterward. And I loved, and, I loved how Timmy played. Oh, he played with a lot of emotion on both ends, and he was engaged from the jump. I need to see that from Timmy Allen. He's been that way for the last three or four games, Doug. Yeah, he's played so much. Arguably, besides Marcus, he's been their best player. The offense has kind of gone through him because Marcus Mm -hmm. been a little sluggish, and he ended up with what was it, twenty nine points? He he got hot. He got cooking. Yeah, he got cooking. Yeah, he did, but uh, but you know Marcus has struggled a little bit. Tyrese Hunter's been a little bit up and down. Dylan he had to get him out of there, Duck. He finally, he's like, you know what? How many times I to throw it away? And Marcus was was throwing it away too. But Marcus oh, gets no. something on offense, and Tyrese yeah. hasn't hasn't been giving him much of anything. Uh, it's just been a disappointing uh, uh, Texas debut for him. I expected so much more. Yeah, I think we both did. He, he's playing good defense. They like his on-ball defense. But, you know, he's a freshman of the year at Iowa State. And he's had moments where he's had big game. That that K-State debacle at, at Moody, I think, you know, he and Marcus both had like 26, 29, something like that. So he's capable. But uh, he's – I don't know. He hadn't just really settled in. Maybe it's just kind of with a new team. But Jabari Rice is another guy who's been – Electric. He's been playing really well, and he's he a freak-making machine. Yep. Golly, Jabari in there early, and it was funny. I was like, I tweeted it. I go, got to get, got to get Tyrese out of there and get get oh, rights in there because they needed some offense, and Jabari delivers offense, and he get he gets to the line uh, for a guy who's not very big physically. Mm-hmm. He's a little slight. He goes yeah. in against those trees and he creates contact and he makes his throws and that's going to bode well. That's going to be big in tournament time. Uh, guys that can create scoring opportunities, especially with this team, Duck, where they just always seem to, <laughs> seem to be slow out of the gate. And they, and they got like three guys. You mentioned Carr, Hunter, uh, Jabari Rice, all right about 80% or much higher at the free throw line. And you want a team that makes free throws – uh, that can are guard oriented in the NCAA tournament, and both of those Texas has. So, you know, and and even if Texas doesn't win in the regular season, I still think they might. Uh, you know, it's probably not going to affect their seeding. Is going to be anywhere one, two, or three. I'm going to be surprised if they slip to four. Even no. so, 
So you're going to get a good good pairing in the, in the first week of the NCAA tournament, but you know they want to win. They've only won the Big 12 in basketball three times, and the last time, as we said, was 2008. So you know they want this pretty pretty big. Before we get out of here, Doug, I got to ask you, because um, um, we're going to address it in our, our take. Um, you did get those questions, right? Sure. Shop talk. Um, are we putting too much on Rodney Terry and the tournament? As far as being his viability as the long-term uh, head coach at Texas, I'm not saying he has a, that he needs to go in there and and make it to the Final Four, but I'm saying if he only wins one or two games, should that disqualify him? Uh, doesn't his body of work shouldn't that speak for itself as well? Especially given how tough this league is this year. Yeah, absolutely, it should, and and I address that in my column, my nine things that runs on Thursday this week. Uh, talked to Chris Del Conte uh, on Monday, and he kind of says he's, he's he, he declines to talk about what's the bar. Is there a minimum bar that he needs to do in this tournament? And he also said he, he really wasn't going to put that much stock in the 10 years at UTEP and Fresno State where, you know, he didn't win an NCAA tournament. He's, he's putting more stock in uh, the job he's seeing before him the fact he was here for 11 years under Rick Barnes, the fact that the the players like him and play for him. And he reminded, and we were with him in Lawrence uh, Monday, uh, Sunday uh, in between the games. And he said, you know, I was the point guy on a lot of these big recruits like Tyrese Hunter and Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen. So he was instrumental in helping build this team. So now how much effect does Chris Beard have on, you know, well, I want to go play for Chris Beard or how much of it's play for Rodney Terry. So I don't, he doesn't have the most charisma in the world, but he's such a good guy. I don't think Beard was charismatic either. He was just tough and scary. But he had that presence about him, you know, like he was. And he's been to the final four. Let's Exactly. In the championship game. So, but I think Rodney has really helped himself and, uh, is a serious candidate for this job, but you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. So, you know, you'd hate to see them flame out in, in the first or second game, of the NCAA tournament, especially because their seating is going to be so high, but I think he's got a legit chance. We've talked about it privately, duck, and I'm just going to put it out there to the populace. We think they're elite eight minimum. We do. We yeah. do. And are they flawed? Yes. But like you said, Duck, and you're so freaking wise. I get so tired of you being right. Um, we've seen every dribble, every pass. We see the blemishes. You said it. We don't see the blemishes on these other national teams, but they have them, Duck. Mm, and do. it's who's able to overcome the blemish that's going to get there. And they're old, and that's a good thing. Now, us being old, not so good. Not so but a college good. basketball team being old is yeah. good. And they have experience. They're not player dependent on one guy. They get it from all sources. Mm-hmm. Um, defense got to be better. They're not very big. But I'm telling you, Doug, they have the look of a team that can that can be in a Final Four. This year, I will not be surprised if they're in the Final Four because they they, they know how to overcome adversity. Uh, the problem is, are they playing with fire when they're digging these early holes in a tournament situation against a team that's 
bigger and can shoot, they could be in trouble. They That's a habit that they got to break over these next eight to ten games. They mention it every time. Jabari Rice uh, in the hallway at Bramlage Coliseum said, we just got to start doing better. We just got to come out better. I was kidding Rodney Terry after the Kansas game. I said, you know, you may be the best in the country at pep talks at halftime, Rodney. Should you start doing this in pregame? You know, <laughs> chuckled a little bit at that. So, but, oh, but yeah, they're aware of it. They know they got to start faster and they want to, but like you hit on it with the blemishes. We see everything. So we know the blemishes. We know their defense, you know, needs to pick it up a little bit. They don't have that lockdown defender like Courtney Ramey last year, but Timmy Allen's kind of taken on, you know, Keontae Johnson, Keontae George, and he was on uh, Jalen Wilson. Jalen Wilson, they held to two points, two points. And yeah, they suffered for it because the rest of the team picked it up. But mm-hmm. Kansas is not perfect. I mean, they're not, they're not a good Kansas team. They're I drove- a good team. But they're yeah, not a they're, Kansas team. They're not a vintage Kansas team, but they won it all last year. So, but the game before against Iowa State, Kansas had 20 turnovers. Jalen oh, yeah. Wilson had 26 points, and no other Jayhawk scored as many as 10. So, you know, they've got their own flaws. Not a big Kansas team either. So every team's got its flaws. Purdue, the number one team, you know, they don't have great guards. Jay Knight is gone, dog. He's Zach Eaton is going to be the national player of the year, probably. Uh, oh, yeah. But they're not unbeatable. So they're, they're no super teams this year. There's some damn good ones, and Texas is one of those. Can't wait um, to see how it plays out. It, we're, we're in early February, but before you know it, in about three weeks, the money games are going to start, and we're going to be here to document the madness is coming. And uh, we're excited about the madness. We're more excited that we were able to chat it up with Derrick Johnson for half an hour and share his visions with you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of On Second Thought. For the duck, and a special shout out to our producer, Chandler Hoffley, who makes this all work. We appreciate him as well. Have a fun Super Bowl Sunday. Have fun at the Moody Saturday against Huggy Bear in West Virginia, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.